All right. This is Brad and Heidi Rasmussen, and I am super excited today for them to get to share their story with you. Um, and uh, so this is mom and son, and we've been, we've been sharing and talking about one question all year. What's our question again? Do I trust God? That was pathetic. What's our question? That's right. Do I trust God? And so Brad and Heidi want to share a story with you about how Brad um, had a really tough kind of moment of trusting God. And I think we all have had that before in our lives in one way or another. And their story in particular is challenging, but also good that they, uh, in the middle of this, are learning to trust God more and more. And so we're going to look at it from Brad's perspective that... Uh, who this m- most happened to, but, but Heidi's mom. And how many of you know your parents, when, you, when your kids are going through something, it's like you're going through something. And it's really hard. And so Heidi's going to share some, some things about trusting God from that parent perspective. Um, but um, Brad was uh, just, Brad's a, a wrestling coach, ex-wrestler, super tough guy. And going out on a regular, normal day to just do what he loves to do, to ride his bike, and uh, something crazy happened. Yeah. So why didn't you tell us about that day and uh, start to fill us in on how you had to trust God in the middle of this moment? So uh, June of 2017, um, I had been training for an Ironman race for two and a half years. And I was six weeks out. Um, uh, and that day, that Saturday, I was supposed to do a six-hour ride just as, like, one of my last few um, big ones before the race. And uh, I think I was on hour four, somewhere around there. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but there was two kids that were driving back from bunkers, and they were – I was on Molnex, and they were trying to see who could get there faster, and they were in race. And uh, one of them, who was my former student, um, came around a corner and at about 70, and there was an oncoming car, and he had to choose to either go head on into that car or to take me out, and so he chose me, and uh, he hit me at 70, um, and I rolled up his uh, the hood of his car. I got stuck in his windshield. Obviously, I don't remember any of this. This is what he told me afterwards. Um, I got stuck in his windshield, and he couldn't see out of it, so he got scared, and he cranked the wheel. And uh, his car started to roll, and it threw me out of the windshield into the road where I landed on my head and uh, ended up breaking. My bike seat went through me and uh, shattered my pelvis and my tailbone, my bladder, uh, broke three vertebrae in my back, broke my hip, um, had a pretty significant brain injury, stitches everywhere, road rash everywhere, all the fun stuff. Um, and then, uh, luck, there were so many things that had to happen uh, just perfectly for me to survive, and obviously every one of them did, and that's, uh, that's no coincidence, but I was about a mile from the firehouse, and uh, so the ambulance got there within a few minutes, which was huge. Um, the car that he swerved to miss hit my bike, took the bike off my feet. My, my, uh, cleats were still connected in the pedals. Um, 
so I should have been a bug on his windshield as well. Um, he had a pretty lowered car, so it hit my tire first and not my butt. It was just all of these things that had to happen. And, uh, um, and the, I woke up in the ambulance for maybe 30 seconds. It's my only moment of clarity. And they asked if I knew who I was, and I said no. And they asked if I knew what I was doing, and I said no. And, but I knew that I was married. And I said, call my wife and don't let me die. And then I was out again. Um, so they raced me to the hospital and had to assemble a team of surgeons that could come look at all of the parts that were broken. And they didn't think that they could, that my body would handle um, multiple surgeries. It's too much trauma. And so I was, I was fighting pretty hard at that point. Um, they didn't know if I had, I did have internal bleeding, but they didn't know what the extent of what the inside looked like. And so another miracle, they got all of the surgeons at one go and they brought them all into the same room and they just opened me up and hammered everything out. And, uh, and then it was go time. Um, and then it was, let's fight. Um, once I knew that I was, you know, I, again, I don't remember any of that stuff, but I knew I was alive. And I was grateful for that. And then it was uh, a battle. How fast can we get back to where we need to be? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a tough day. That was a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. When you, uh, when you remember waking up in the hospital, what were some of those first moments that you just remember? How, how did how'd you trust in the Lord? Who were the people in the room? Um, well, at that point, yeah, I was so grateful to be alive that it was super easy to trust you know, that God had a bigger purpose for my life, that, like, I'm, a, I'm here for a reason. I shouldn't be. There's a thousand different ways of why I should be dead, but I wasn't. And so it was super easy, you yeah. know. Uh, I was brand new into the fight. hadn't had to deal with anything yet. And so yeah. at that point, it was like this bittersweet, um, so grateful to be alive, but super salty that I had been obsessed and devoted to this one thing for the last two and a half years and then <laughs> it's gone so yeah. you know so close to the deadline so um but at that point it was it was really easy I'm like, yeah you know we prayed every day we were so thankful right. to be alive so at that point it was pretty easy yeah but what you didn't realize right like that was round one yeah so talk a little bit about um one of the things that happened to brad was the recovery became extremely difficult um, so talk with us just for a minute about just the years of recovery, the yeah. things that happened during that time, yeah. and uh, just that process. That was really tough. Um, so like you mentioned, I'm you know an athlete, and so I, I'm super competitive, and I don't like to lose things. And uh, I just have, I've always enjoyed finding, like making myself hurt as much as possible. It sounds so sadistic, but... Yeah. No, it like sounds in, just like a wrestler. Right, right. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. So in that room this was just walls. a different avenue for that. And yeah. I thought it would serve me well to have that mindset. And it did for a long time until it didn't. Um, and so the initial first couple months, we were just blown away by like day after day. I was making these huge recoveries. I was at home living in my parents' house in a hospital bed within 14 days of the accident. Um, I was in a back brace and I couldn't walk and all of the, the stuff, but I was at home because I was so mobile. I could move myself around with my arms and just every milestone that they told me it was going to take me this amount of months, I just crushed it. And it was awesome. Um, and then the 
physical things started to take longer and longer to get better at and the recovery slowed down and then a whole different avenue of brain recovery was evident and between medication things that um, just misprescribed things and this brain injury that I didn't know I have, I just slowly started to spiral. Um, the, the gratefulness of being alive was like not there anymore and I was just angry. I was really angry uh, at everyone and I was not a nice person for a long time. So I just, I didn't, I couldn't stop it. I could see myself doing these things. I could see the spiral. I was very conscious of it, but I, I couldn't do anything about it. And uh, uh, the next three years were daily, it was hell. It was the worst. Um, if it weren't for my family and my friends and the churches, that have been faithfully praying for me, I, I would not have made it. I would not be here, uh, that's for sure. Um, there were so many days where I just could not handle life and I just wanted to quit. And for some reason, that never was an option. I mean, I know what the reason is, but uh, in the midst of the struggle, uh, I just wanted to give up. I, it was so weird again, because I knew that I had been saved for a reason. So then I was like, why was I saved for the initial accident? But here I am, worse off than I was, and tried so hard to like trust, right? Like, thank you God for saving me, but like what the heck is happening right now? Right. I can't handle this. And so it was just this battle daily, hourly, minute by minute of over that, over my mind, over my soul, over my body. Right. And uh, some days it went well, and other days it was not good. Right. Yeah. So you went through that physical thing, but your misdiagnosis of pharmaceuticals really took you into a mental battle that you, yeah. you it was a whole new battle. Yeah. That really spiraled downhill. And how, how did you find yourself trusting in the Lord in those moments? Um... Honestly, most of that time, I i don't know if I really did very well. Um, I knew that I was, again, I was grateful to be alive, and everybody around me was like, it's for a purpose, God has a bigger plan, all that fun stuff. But at the heart of it, I just couldn't see it and didn't understand it. And so um, uh, I can do... I've dealt with physical things my entire life. That's my jam. Like, I live there. I thrive there. But to be struggling mentally, to feel weak mentally, was not something I was accustomed to. And uh, um, it just took our whole family into this new direction. And, uh, man, we had, some, we had some rough goes. Uh, put it lightly, you know. Um, but they were there. They were faithful. Even when I did a terrible job of trusting God, uh, I had warriors there for me, um, which I think made all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mom.
you were, you were on the outside looking in, but it's, it's your kid. And so you're feeling everything. We call that like intercessory prayer. You just like, you feel like it happened to you almost because that's how you cope. Um, what were some of the things that you were noticing and seeing and how, how did you feel like you were trusting the Lord in the middle of it too? Because, um, for you, it got challenging through this whole moment as well. So share, share your part of the story and how it got difficult. Well, at first it was, I got a phone call. I was shopping out Valley Mall, and I got a phone call from Holly saying, Bradley's been hit by a car. I don't know any details. Can you go to the hospital? I need to find a place to leave the boys, because the, they were little, one and three at the time. And I said, okay, my friend, I said, I got to go. And on the way to the hospital, I was just praying, please give us wisdom. Give us as a family wisdom. Give the doctors wisdom. We need wisdom. And that was just like my prayer over and over. I called my husband. He was in Leavenworth on a motorcycle ride with some friends. And um, we didn't know. I didn't have anything to tell him. I didn't know. I got to the hospital, and Bradley wasn't there. And they hadn't even heard about that. So um, a little while later, Bradley's buddy Alec got there, and Alec knew the receptionist, and he went up and talked to her, and Bradley's still not there. And at the time, you're going, what does that mean? Is he at the morgue, or is did, were they diverted somewhere? You know, what does this mean? And um, he finally got there, and I realized when I saw him and I could see that his eyes were open and he was talking and seemingly coherent, even though he doesn't remember any of this, um, he's, the first thing he said to me was, Mom, I don't want to die. And I said, okay, not today. Not today. So then the prayer, you know, the prayer journey started in my car and it's been ongoing for the last five years. And... You know, we were assured that Bradley would get better and return to normal, and that um, it would take six months to a year. And I don't know why doctors do that to you, because really it's not for them to say. You don't know what's going to happen. And, and for you to put a time frame on it really messes with people like this, their minds, and, and puts puts them in a, in, a, in a way of thinking that somehow if I'm not there in that time frame, I'm not, either not going to make it or I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when, we, when we knew that uh, he was going to be okay, we didn't know to what extent, but that he was going to live and, and be okay, um, then things started kicking in. My daughter-in-law and, and a creative friend made these cool t-shirts for a fundraiser for him. They have a picture of a bicycle and a cross and uh, 2 Timothy 4.7. I have uh, fought the good fight. I have run the race and been found faithful. And that became a really important verse to us as a family. There were meal trains set up. There were GoFundMe set up. Uh, my husband and a buddy built a ramp into our house when we knew that he could come home soon. And just things like that that you don't even think about. You know, you're in the middle of something like that, and you, you, 
I'm not thinking about building a ramp or go. I didn't even know GoFundMe was, honestly. And so, um, and then I, you know, my older son, he's the strong, quiet type, and fiercely loyal and fiercely protective. And so he kind of filled that role in several instances in this journey. Um, in in Bradley's emergency hospital room. He kind of organized the, the whole worship team from Life Center was there all of a sudden, and some <laughs> old-time family friends were there, and co colleagues from school, and these people just kept coming out of the word work, and you know, word gets around really fast. And we were so grateful. It was we had prayer right there. We broke all the rules of emergency because we had probably 15 <laughs> people in there at one time, and they were okay with it pre-COVID. Right. Um, but it was it was like amazing, and the the Holy Spirit was in that room, even though he didn't know it, and 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 probably had was totally unaware of it. But it was just amazing. Um, so all these things kicked into gear, and we're thinking we're going to take him home, and he went to to St. Luke's for what like a week, maybe. And he was in ICU for a few hours. Record, right? <laughs> he had to break the St. Yeah, Luke's record exactly. to get home soonest because he's so competitive. So You know, and that's his personality. When he says he's competitive, boy, howdy, you have no idea. You have no idea. If, if, if he's with buddies and they're lifting weights and somebody lifts 300 pounds, he's going to lift 350. If somebody's going to, you know, ride 40 miles on a bike, he's going to ride 45. Um, he just, that's the way he is. So he's going to knock this out fast. He's going to, and, and he felt like it. They said, you survived because of the condition your body was in. Your body, a normal person would not have survived that trauma. Mm -hmm. I would not obviously yeah me neither <laughs> but he i mean he had all this going for him and we really felt like we were on a a good trajectory and then it wasn't anymore the physical improvements slowed like he said and we just saw this darkness and this that misdiagnosis and doctors who says I can't help you and doctors who said I'm going to do this and this and this and they didn't do any of it couldn't find a mental health person that understood his particular issues that was available for I don't know a long time um, just so many things that when we had so many miracles up to that point then we started going the other way the the, the miracles that we needed just weren't weren't happening for us. And yet, um, and and I, you know, we're we're concerned for his marriage and his family and his children. And let me just tell you right now that Holly is a rock star. She is one of the toughest women I ever knew. And when she had every reason to say, "I'm done, I'm out," nobody nobody would have blamed her. She didn't. I don't know how. I don't know why. There's times when I begged her not to, but. Um, because I knew that she was the person for this job. My husband had prayed for our boys' wives for years before we even knew who they were. And so we knew, and she was just so strong. Um, but we knew we were in a battle for Bradley's mind and his heart and his spirit, and that's where prayer kicked in even deeper. Um, the year before his accident, I was watching a movie I don't know if anybody watched it. It was a Christian movie. And back then, Christian movies were not real good, necessarily, quality. Um, they might have a great story, and they were kind of cute. But sometimes, you know, you know what I mean. 
So did anybody see the war room? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. I didn't know if anybody ever saw that but me. Um, and, it, you know, it was okay, but the, there was something in it that just hit me hard. It just struck me so deeply. And it's about intercessory prayer. You can make a difference in intercessory prayer. So I took that home and I molded over for a while and I took it seriously and I, I got a journal and I started writing some lists and um, it wasn't it wasn't all the time, but it was, you know, every few weeks or something. And then when this happened, it became serious. And I realized that as a mom, I needed it and he needed it much more. And so I got a, a habit of, I prayed all the time. I prayed in my car, I prayed at work, I prayed in my kitchen. You have to. Do you know what I mean? You're compelled to pray, but you have to. It, it, it's, it's, it's all you have. There were times when I, I would literally fall on my knees before the Lord and say, Jesus, that's all I had. That's all I had. I couldn't formulate a prayer. I couldn't formulate a sentence even because it was so dark and so ugly and so hard. And my heart hurt. You know, before, before this accident, the hardest thing I'd ever gone through was when Stevie went in the military, and I cried for days. And it, it hurt. But this was years. And, and the, the physical pain a parent goes through, I don't know if you've been there. I know you have. It hurts deep. And, and sometimes all you have is Jesus. That's yeah. all you can say. And then I trust you. I don't understand you. I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you because I have to trust you. There is nothing else. There's nothing that I can do. I can't fix this. I, I, I'm a fixer, but I couldn't do it. The doctors couldn't do it. The mental health professionals couldn't do it. You know, we did all that we could, but we couldn't. And so this prayer got serious. I, I was praying and fasting on a regular basis and and I would include other prayers, but it was mostly it was mostly for Bradley and his his body and his family and you know there's there's just times when 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 you have nothing else and you have to pray, but you yeah. want to. Yeah. You it's on your mind all mm -hmm. the time. It, it just comes out. You're you're driving along and you just say a prayer and it I still have that to this day. You know, um, he went into emergency the other day, and it, and it was just this constant prayer, you know. Um, it becomes a part of who you are. Ten months, about ten months after, well, even earlier than that, earlier in the year, his brother got hurt at work and was injured, and then I was diagnosed with breast cancer a couple months after that. And my little sister was diagnosed with leukemia. It was a tough year. Uh, the beginning of the, the following year. And when I got, before I realized the severity of my diagnosis or, or what, the, what was gonna happen with that, um, there was a song that, that became real, music and, and, and scripture is where it's at for me. You, you, can, you can tell me a lot of things, and no offense, Pastor, I listen to you and you say good stuff, I brag about you a lot. But if I hear a song that has a message yeah. that yeah. is, what I need, yeah, that stays right. with me. So this song came out by Mercy Me and it's called Even If. 
I know you're able, I know you can, to save through the fire with your mighty hand, but even if you don't, that was hard. But that's where I had to be. I could believe for him, but it was a little harder for me. So what, what was my stance? If I didn't believe that, if I didn't live that, then I was a liar because I had said those words my whole life. I've been in church for 64 years. I was born on a Tuesday. I was in church on Sunday. I've been there ever since. If I didn't really believe that, then I was a liar. And I, I, I couldn't come to grips with that. And so even if I didn't know what the outcome would be for me, I didn't know what the outcome would be for Bradley, but I, I trusted. And that's where that whole trust journey started. And um, another thing I learned was honesty. I can tell God how I feel. Mm-hmm. He knows anyway. Come on. He knows that I'm not happy with him or I'm so frustrated or I'm sad or I, I just am at wit's end. He knows that anyway. And we can have some really awesome conversations. And he's not surprised by how I feel. He's not upset by how I feel. He's not, you know, he doesn't reject me because I, of how I feel. He's just there. And he tells me, scriptures that come to your mind, come boldly before the throne. Make your petitions known. Be, be honest. Be forthcoming with what you need. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Cast your cares on me. See, there's always a little caveat in there. I will do this for you. I will answer your, I will, I will listen to you and I will carry your burden, but you have to come to me first. I, I, bring your petitions, but bring thanksgiving with it as well. You know, there's, there's these truths, but there's, there's a part that we have to do as well. And so um, it just became this compulsion where there were times when I just fell on the floor in my room and said, please, please help us. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know where to get the help. Please, God. And we didn't know what the turnout was going to be. We didn't know if he was going to walk again or walk well or be able to compete. You know, all these things. That's where the trust was just so powerful. And, and it, came to, it comes down to, to three things for me. Can I trust God? Yes. The Bible is full of examples where you can trust God. Can I trust God? Can I let go enough to trust him to do what needs to be done, whether it's what I want? It might not be. He might have been in a wheelchair his whole life. Why he's not a quadriplegic is one of those miracles that he talked about. Even if, do I, can I trust him? And then do I trust him? I had to. There was nothing else. I had to trust God, but I did. And and it, it's what got, got us through. And we experienced miracle after miracle after miracle from from medicines that were good and helped to just um, just seeing how he, his mind he's still you know not perfect but um <laughs> but he's good That's you. he's good 
We, we By know, the way, my mom would say that about me, too, so, and I've never been in a bike accident. So. One, of, one of my husband's favorite things to say is, um, we have our old Bradley back. Yeah. You know, there were times when we didn't know what we were going to get, and there were some really miserable family dinners and some walking on eggshells and not knowing what to say, what not to say, wanting to say, and not, you can't. But this all led to this trust. It's a yeah. foundation that is built on time and time again. That's right. That's right. Time and time again. How many of you know that um, God never stops asking us to trust him? No. no I mean, like, really, really never stops asking you to trust him. So let me give you an example. So Bradley's gone through all that in 2017. Heidi's had breast cancer and now is a survivor, praise the Lord. But Bradley's taken years to kind of get through the mental side of it. It took a long time, really struggling. Yeah, like you said, tough family moments, husband moments, father moments, really tough. But eventually, you get the help you need and you get to get on track and you get to start writing again. And in June, God asks you to trust him all over again because he wants to take you to a deeper place. Yeah. So talk about what happened last June, Brad. Uh, so over the years, um, my goal was still to do an Ironman race. I'm like, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm ornery, and I'm not going to say no. And so little by little, I'd been, each year was a longer race that I did. And uh, last year was... A half Iron Man. I worked my way up to that. Like I think I can do about six hours. Um, and <clears throat> getting back on the bike is was terrifying. Yeah. Um, took a lot of therapy and a lot of good friends to ride with me. And but I got to a place where I'm like, okay, I think I can race by myself and uh, go to Enumclaw for the race. And I go through the first lap, 27 miles, and the guy in front of me gets hit uh, by a truck on his bike and they right stopped in front of you. right in front of me and they stopped the race and he's laying on the ground 15 feet from me screaming bloody murder and they have to cut his clothes off and put him on a back brace and bring the ambulance in so then they let me go because it's a two loop course so I go do the rest of the thing and I come back and they stop me again in the exact same spot for round two so I have to sit twice I had to just sit by him and watch him scream and and then it was like every confidence that I had, everything just went again. And uh, uh, I went from being like super confident in my abilities. I'm like, I'm going to crush this race to I barely, like I didn't know if I was going to survive. Every car that went by, I was pretty sure it was going to kill me. And it was a rough go. Um, and uh, a lot of the progress that I made was instantly out the, out the window and started a ground zero a lot of it again and uh yeah uh you deal with the, all those mental these little roadblocks that you kind of bust your way through to get to a, a better place and then it's all gone again and even though it wasn't me i wasn't the guy that got hit but i, d I couldn't handle watching that um so now we're back in it trying to slowly but surely take steps and work your way back up and and what do you think you're doing right now? What do you see some of the things in your personal life that you're saying, this is, this is what helps me trust, trust the Lord today? 
and to break through that mental battle because right now that's where you're at. You're in the spiritual battle part of it now that's very real and, and very, um, it's not something that you can ignore or that you can't see. You see it every single day. So how are you trusting the Lord in that? Um, I think like this week is a good example of that. Um, like yeah, you, you had another trust moment this week as yeah, well, right? Like you said, I have a, um, I, I'm a firm believer in spiritual warfare. And throughout the years, I've felt like my story has value and that there are, are people that need to hear it somewhere. So I knew this week that this was a big moment for me to share with the church. And um, I just got super sick on Tuesday. My oxygen levels went down enough that I had to be hospitalized on Thursday. And it just was like one thing after another. And I just, all week long, I just wanted to call you and quit and just be like, I'm not, I can't do it. I didn't go to school, I didn't teach, I didn't do anything. And uh, for some reason in the back of my brain, I'm like, nope, there's, it's for a reason, you gotta be there. And I'm, obviously I'm very thankful that I didn't, but that every, it's the same, it's the same battle, you know. Um, uh, I've had so many moments where I've been so grateful and overwhelmed and so um, it's been easy to trust because I can see the dead, not the deadline, I can see the end game, I can see the purpose, I can see, like now there's so many cool things happening in my life that makes trust easy. I get to be part of your worship team and then all these new steps that I'm taking, that's, like to me, that's the proof of why I went through what I went through. But in the moment, I just, I, I couldn't see that. Um, and for one thing I forgot to tell first service, I've, I remember in the dark, dark, dark times, I remember reading Job and just feeling like we were homies. <laughs> and I just felt like everything <laughs> that I loved and knew was gone. And, but that again, to see how he handles that situation and leans into the trust, he had every opportunity to walk away from God. And it was stuff like that that really just kept me grounded in, in moments of, of awful. So, yeah. It's not From over. a theological perspective, you believe Job is a great place to go to trust in the Lord. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. great, great. Just, just yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. so, yeah, interestingly, um, I did ask Brad and Heidi to share this story. And it wasn't ironic at all that Bradley was physically attacked again this week. And had to trust God all over again in a moment. To, to give praise to God. Because we all do. If, if we're going to really trust God and say, God's my everything, and we're going to stand up here and play guitar and sing those songs, right? You have to say, this is really where I'm at. I really do trust God in that. And so um, I, I was proud of you for not, not giving up. And in the hospital saying, no, I'm going to go share my story. And when we were texting, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it there. I'm coming. You know, and um, and and I th- I think that as well. This is going to be a breakthrough moment for you, be- and it's going to be a breakthrough moment for some of you that are listening as well. Um, also, another I've also asked Brad to step out in another trust moment because in a couple months, as you know, Karen is pregnant and she's going to go on maternity leave, and guess who's going to step up and lead us in worship? 
Brad is. Thank you. Yeah. So um, they're, they're, God's doing, you can see God working and God doing something in you all the time, even though it's been really tough and even though it's been really hard. It's interesting how God works. And I think I can see through every moment him just taking you deeper and deeper and deeper into his care and into his love and into just his protection of your life. And um, that happens for a lot of us too. And um, I, I would love for you to pray for us. Um, if you could do that and just like maybe, maybe you could pray for some in this room that are also maybe going through the same thing that you've been through and you too, Heidi. And so um, I'd just like us to respond to the Holy Spirit for a moment. Could we do that? Because I noticed that what Brad and Heidi have gone through and their ability to say, I do trust God in the middle of something very challenging might be exactly where you're at. You might be right in that spot too. And your situation's different than his. It's not about the situation. It's not about getting hit on a bike. It's about I'm in that same sort of moment where I'm trusting God every single day of my life for this specific thing. And um, if that's where you're at and you would just like to say, Lord, I, I want to trust you in the middle of this, but I notice that some, some days I do a good job and some days I don't. But I just need your help in the middle of that. And you would just like to acknowledge that and, and have Brad and Heidi just pray for that for you and just, just acknowledge that to the Lord. Would, would you just raise your hand in the room? I'd just love to see your hand. You say, yeah, that's me. Good. Yeah, a couple of you. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Anyone else? Just raise your hand and say, I need to trust the Lord for something. Good. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, I'm going to ask Brad to just pray for us, and, um, and then we will move into another time of prayer, maybe. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Lord, thank you. First of all, thank you for the community of this church. Um, thank you for their willingness to go to battle for others when they can't. There were so many people in this church that uh, went to spiritual warfare for me and my family every single day, and I just thank you for their willingness to do that for anyone, even those that they don't know. They have no tie to me or, or my family, but they did, and I thank you for that willingness. Uh, I pray for the people that are in the thick of it right now. Uh, there's so many, life's tough right now, uh, whether it's you know, post-COVID jobs, uh, addiction struggles, um, depression, anxiety, all of those things. There's just so many things that make, that just attack us every day. And uh, we pray for your strength. We pray for your wisdom. Even when we don't know what the end game is, we don't know what the future is gonna hold. Uh, help us just trust in in you and in your unfailing love and that it is for a reason. And I pray that when we are in those moments and we don't have the hope and we just can't, I pray that we find someone who can. Yes. Somebody that can uh, go to war for us on our behalf until we can. Mm -hmm. um, and I thank you for uh, your ability, um, 
thank you for giving us the ability to uh, minister to each other and to be warriors on each other's halves. And uh, I just pray for people in the room today that are struggling and that don't have that hope. Uh, just surround them and love them and let them know that you are there. Mm-hmm. And we ask these things in your name. We thank you for your love and your grace. Amen. 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 Can you thank Brad and Heidi? I think your mom should preach sometime. What do you think? Whoa. That was good, huh? Yeah, I think we need to sign her up. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, we learned a couple things, didn't we? We learned that when you're going to trust God, you need some prayer warriors around you, don't you? We also learned that community is huge. That the people around you, the people that you are living with Jesus with, the community, the church, the body of Christ, that's really important. And um, so I want to I encourage you to lean into that. Their story is a great example of those principles and those things that need to be a part of our life as followers of Christ. All right. Well, um, I, I recognize that some of you maybe might not be done this morning. And so a couple of us are going to just hang out in, up front and are willing to pray with you. So if you just feel like, I just need to pray a little bit more. I need to, I need to maybe Brad and Heidi need to pray for me. Maybe uh, someone, Kate or I, need you just say, I just need some prayer this morning. Uh, I want you to just come forward after we dismiss, and we'd love to pray with you about whatever you're going through. But if there's just something where you just feel like, I'm not done, I need to pray. I need to ask God to come into my situation and into my story and begin to help me in a greater way. And I need to trust God better. So um, we'll hang around. We'd love to pray with you. Um, and so if, you, if that's you, feel free to come on up and pray. The rest of us, uh, have a great week. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So to Kate and I, we'll see you next time. <laughs>